0: Adam 12. Adam 12. Cop Talk America is on the air. Copy. Put me 10-6. I'm tuning into Cop Talk
1: America. Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your hosts and special guest law enforcement commentator, Mark Nelson.
2: Welcome to another segment of... Cop Talk America, here in the United States we have a thin blue line, we have the men and women in blue who protect us every day, and we are trying to bring to the homes of America some of their attitudes and challenges as they face their duties protecting and serving the American public. One of the things that we forget sometimes, and we tried to cover that in our last segment, which were the stressors that police officers Face on a daily basis is that also some of the humor that goes into their job and some of that humor that can't be taken home and some of it that can be. So I'd like to start today with uh, perhaps Brett leading the charge on why a Florida officer had somewhat of a difficult time keeping his job and I'm not even sure if he kept it because he had sex in his police car and I'm wondering how he presented that to his wife when he got home. Brett, go ahead.
1: Well, it takes me back to uh, the President uh, Clinton's era of defining what exactly sex is. It doesn't tell us here in this article, but apparently a sheriff's deputy had a male and a female in custody in his back seat, and they began having sex while he's driving them to the county. And
2: So he's taking them to jail, and they start kissing, cuddling, and becoming inappropriate
1: well yes so we don't know if it's a blowjob or if it's uh, actual screwing i mean if it's actual screwing that's kind of hard to miss but uh you know you're ha- saying they could have been subtle and he was unaware of it happening yeah i mean not what, screwing, but wasn't he playing that, music for them that blowjob thing i mean you you could you could pass that right up and not even notice it back there uh Jarvis, so
3: weren't they playing music we don't have a definition uh, here. what it from what it was saying yes they were Playing uh, music in the background, so so the police officer was playing
2: music while they
0: nothing says community-based policing like playing a little Barry White for a couple of your takes. So the jail. so
2: so they were playing Barry White.
0: Barry White, can't, so can't get enough of your love,
2: babe. So the police officer was trying to make sure they had the right atmosphere. Apparently so. On yeah. the way to the, was it county? They were going to the county lockup. Well, he's got, he him, got him arrested for
0: shoplifting. He got there. him arrested for shoplifting, and he was taking him to the county lockup, letting them do a little smooching back there. It was more other? than no.
2: smooching. I understand. Oh uh, no,
0: one thing led to another. It moved I, on. I see. I would so, love to hear his conversation when he gets home about why he's not at work. <laughs>
2: Okay. Did he lose his job?
0: Well, that, that doesn't go into that, but it says he's suspended. So he's suspended. I'm sure he has to drive home and be like, "Well, why aren't you working?" Well, today, we're going to huh? do
2: kind of a consensus roundtable on this. How many think, people think that an officer should lose his job just because he allows some people going to county lockup to have a little fun and and entertainment
1: in the back seat of their car? Right,
0: I'm voting you're an idiot and you should be fired. Yep.
1: Yep. What's yours, Brad? What do you? <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I don't think that you should be terminated uh, for, no, two people that are expressing their love in the backseat of your car. <laughs> expressing no no love. I keep forgetting
2: anything. that you worked in Vice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Things, <laughs> are, things are gray. There's no
2: things, black and white. It's gray. It's Bye, gray. Baby, this baby. is obviously gray. <laughs> this is obviously. Dave, is this gray to you?
4: No. Dave? No. I, I don't think this guy, unless he's got other issues, maybe ought to be fired, but a pretty hefty suspension. And, uh, yeah, definitely uh, – He's an idiot. He does fit in the I'm an idiot category.
0: If and if he's got this bad a judgment on something this silly, <laughs> holy God, yeah. do we want him out there driving around that a valid, gun?
4: Yeah, That's a valid point. That's a valid <laughs> Jar- point. Jarvis, Maybe no bullets in his gun.
2: Jarvis, situation. are you disturbed by this?
3: Uh, yeah, I agree with Jeff. Yeah, he should be gone. <laughs> Okay. There's no if and buts about it. Well,
0: how would you like to do the, you know, when we're changing shifts and I walk over and I'm like, yo, what the hell is in the back of my squad exactly. car dude? He Those be look gone. like body juices and whatnot. You need to be cleaning this. I'll be yeah. dragging his face through that stuff. So, yeah, clean that up, dude. Okay. I'd
4: love to see the report because you're going to deadline as a biohazard. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm like, you did what? <laughs> uh, all right. It seems that, that the conclusion is all but our vice has suggested that this should be a non- Uh, firing offense Uh, uh, most of you think that it should be a firing offense and I'm glad there's concurrence on this issue Uh, the next one which is a little bit humorous the one thing one question I was going to ask is how do you explain as you go home that night to your wife how you got suspended do you have an explanation Jeff what would you have used
4: show her the video
1: I just
0: I just (laughs) I just play some Barry White music, and (laughs) we'd go on back down the hall and, you know, going about our business.
2: What would you do, Brett?
1: Well, I'm not sure why you're telling your wife anything. For those three suspension days, you go see a bunch of movies, and bitch ain't got to know nothing of what's going on. I'm just saying that it ain't her business. She don't have to know I got suspended. That's that's sarcasm in its finest. You know, this boy would jump too. It ain't her business. Speaking of idiots. (laughs) Hey, I got the least amount of divorces, so you should be taking ideas from me on how to keep your career. What marriage. Not when she uh, hears that. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Don't That's, tell her nothing. The,
2: the other question I didn't ask, which I <coughs> intended to, how many years total have each of you been married?
4: Can I you, take my shoes off? The
2: public has to realize that all of them are starting to take their shoes off to count. I, and
0: was, I was guaranteed no math. <laughs> yeah. uh, 22 years.
1: 19.
2: 18. <laughs> he's, he's still counting.
4: You, you, can, use my, you can use my hands if you need to, Jarvis. 20,
2: 26. Okay. So even though these gentlemen are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, who the
4: hell
2: said <laughs> uh, Anyway. Okay, going on to the next. Now, the next one involves uh, – a really, really questionable thing that I don't know how you go home to your family after having these stresses, but how do you explain to your wife where this particular knife was buried uh, or hidden or secreted or cavitized? Uh, so I'd like maybe, Brett, go ahead and – oh, you don't – oh, come on, Brett. The
1: official term for I'm inserting so, very anything sorry, used, into the uh, rectal area
4: – is keystring keystring keystring. I
1: apologize for my stupidity,
2: what? David. Is that correct? That-,
4: that is correct. Yeah, the common term I've heard is uh, everything from keister cash, or in this case, it was a keister knife. And I don't think most people realize, uh, especially people that's been in prison, uh, that's just a pocket, man. You know, that's just a pocket. You can use that. That's not just exit only for people. They can uh, they can use it for hiding whatever the heck they can get up there. Well, really. I, and and the more they use it, the more they can. Hi there yeah uh yeah I've, what's the most used thing seen keystard?
1: i've seen uh, a grown man that had what we would call an eight ball of crack cocaine that how big had, is an eight ball uh probably about half the size of a man. Well, maybe a two-third ball. about a little smaller than a cue ball or a pool ball and uh yeah he had it straight up there and uh so that's the biggest i've seen but i
0: gotta send he, him out to buy the eight balls all the time i never got one that
1: big <laughs> ping, pong ping, ping, pong ping pong ball ping pong ball okay ping
4: i had uh, pong two ounces of cocaine and fifteen hundred dollars cash no wouldn't oh. you love to get that and change <laughs>
1: <laughs> no <laughs>
4: this money smells like shit
1: Real, well <laughs> <laughs> i
2: would assume uh, it would yeah. how do you what do you do what do they put something in the ping pong ball
3: no, 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 that's about how, that's big, how big it is. Oh, an eight ball yeah. is. An eight ball is. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's a, you know, and that's... I'm sorry I'm not as well-informed as you gentlemen on these issues. I'm, I'm working my way there.
0: Yeah. Get out the microwave over there. I'll show you how to cook it up.
2: Okay, keistering. So keistering, this is keistering, but I think it's fairly difficult for the average listener to understand that people do keister knives in
1: their rectal cavity.
4: I think it's difficult for the average listener to realize people stick anything in their anal cavity.
1: <laughs> now, now the thing about putting stuff there is you haven't, you haven't really seen something really funny until you're watching the dope dealer, and here comes the attic up to buy a rock of cocaine from the dope dealer, but the guy didn't see him pull it out of his butt, and the dealer hands it to the guy that's buying the drugs, and what does he do with it so the cops can't find it? He puts it in his mouth. Now, now that's some funny shit. You, you just you can't quit laughing on that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to to both start and stop laughing on that one. I couldn't agree more. Is there anything <laughs> any of you would like to add to the key of drugs, knives, and other objects?
0: I'm just glad I learned a new word today.
2: Yeah, it was a new word to you too. New word for yeah, me today.
4: Is up? Wanna, a K or a C?
2: K. Yeah,
4: it's a it's a k k k e
2: i s t e r
1: and actually it was i i believe the Aryan brotherhood that came up with the term and because they do a lot of uh hiding in there so keep your mouth to the mic will you brett yes sir
2: okay now going on the the next one is something i i i really you know jerome you you <laughs>
3: that's it
2: jarvis I have the under
1: (laughs) This is Brett signing off (laughs) I gotta pay
2: Jarvis Jarvis Man bites ear
3: Well you know in a fight With a person That's been arrested for DWI That can happen It's just that Uh seemed like to me they were letting this uh, intoxicated subject get the best of them instead of them getting the best of him.
2: Okay, so you're saying that the subject was intoxicated
3: and he had to what? I mean, he He was just fighting as they were trying to put him under arrest uh, somehow or another. Was it the police officer got his ear bit? Yes. So it was the police officer
2: that was the subject that had the maiming, essentially. Yes. And it was all because the guy didn't want to be arrested on a DWI.
3: Exactly. So, they so how was, do you
2: explain that, honey, I'm home? That's, that was the... the,
3: the oh, segment. he probably got a lot of sympathy that night. He come home and got a big old patch over his ear.
4: Be a good excuse not to listen to your wife.
3: Dave, what do you think?
4: Big excuse not to listen to your wife. Although a wife I have now, I love her dearly, and I always listen and hang on every word she says. So What? <laughs> yeah, what, what the hell are you talking? Damn it, Bobby, knock it off.
0: <laughs> I think that's copyrighted. Yeah. Be careful. <laughs> All
4: right. All right. do you owe? I need you for bunghole. Yes.
0: I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing
2: on uh, this? I got You're nothing.
4: no help. Uh, that's true so many
2: ways. Burn. What the hell? You're chasing a squirrel again, Dave. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go on to the next one, and uh, enough is enough. Is uh, David, you're gonna take the lead on this one too, since
4: I now I got to be serious. Are you kidding me? Uh, basically, the uh, Houston Police Officers Union president uh, had some strong words. They had a shootout uh, in January in Houston and four police officers uh, were left with gunshot wounds and another one with a knee injury and it basically enough is enough and i you know tired of the police having targets on their back and i think that's kind of a sentiment across the table here and and across the country i think people are sick and tired of the police always being made out to be the bad guy and it's time that we get back to remembering who are the bad guys it's not the police it is the criminal element, and we need to quit having sympathy for them and, and making them uh, somebody's political platform. And uh, this this is kind of, I think, what this guy's saying here, which uh, I couldn't agree with more. Uh, we're the good guys. We're not the bad guys. And if, if, you, if you don't think so, fine. The next time you're having a problem, somebody's breaking into your house or whatever, call your local crackhead or your local defense attorney and see if he's going to respond at 3 o'clock in the morning and try to bill your ass out of trouble.
3: Jarvis. Well, my sentiment's exactly. You can't go out and do your job, and everybody's looking to pick on you, and then you still expect me to do my job to the fullest? Come on now. It's just like going into McDonald's. You know, you go to McDonald's and get change. If they quit giving you your change, you stop going. sooner or later you're going to quit going. That's a
2: good point. What do you think,
0: Jeff? And it's unfortunate that it's a union president that has to come out and say this versus being the That's right. chief it of it, police. Was yes. that a union president? Union said? president yes. has to come out and say it. It would be nice to see the union presidents and the chiefs of police and the, the mayors and the council people that are actually the ones sending these officers out to do these things
2: unify, come forward and say enough is enough. As did the Cook County police chief in the Smollett case, very eloquent eloquently, yeah, the elegantly. Chi- the Chicago chief. Chi- I'm sorry. Out, he I did apologize. an outstanding job. Outstanding, uh, yeah, and which the seg- one of the segments of Cop Talk America yes. played in its beginning segment.
0: And, and you're starting to see, slowly I think, but everything in this world is basically on a pendulum. And I think we're getting as far left as we can get. It's going to start coming back. And you're starting to see, like when this chief at in Chicago steps forward, the union president saying this, we expect him to, but it would be nice if the mayor of Houston had come out and said, I'm tired of people doing this to my officers, because that is ultimately who, you know, we work for the people of a community. And when the community sees something like this, I can tell you based on experience, I have been somewhere where a person walks up and says, just out of the blue, I just want to thank you for what you do. Okay. Most of them are very sincere. It happens all the time. I've had... Officers tell me they've been somewhere and they've gotten a free meal. Mm-hmm. When they go to get up, they're like, your meal's paid for. That's, that was a
4: pretty common occurrence, yeah. actually. Happened to right be. When I, when I left uh, just a few months ago, <clears throat> it would happen several times a day. Which is why I said we earlier, you thank when
0: I said you know, the majority of the community is forced. Right. They are forced. If they weren't, those kind of things wouldn't happen. What they're afraid of is they want to, don't want to be labeled as a racist homophobic whatever the other phobics might be this week you know because we've got and then we have the xenophobes and the Islamic phobes and there's I all have, kinds like, of phobes we out have there. phobes yeah yeah
2: okay so so would everyone here agree that that um, that the public has not yet had enough, however of the public perception of police officers as being having to be questioned on every action they take. I think the public's waiting for a leader. Okay.
0: They don't see the leadership in the current president. They don't see the leadership in anybody who's in Congress. They don't see a national leader that they can rally behind and say, America is a good country, we do have some problems, but we are going to do the right thing more times than not. We don't have that person that just stands there and says that. Instead, everybody just snipes at one another.
2: What do you think, Jarvis?
3: I think that to be true. uh, Pretty good way to sum it up. That's exactly what happened. Because people that call themselves leaders aren't really leaders. Because a leader doesn't have to say, I'm a leader. Everybody else will let you know that they feel that you are a leader. Dave? I
4: think uh, the majority of the public is definitely already had enough of enough, but the news media and part of the public, especially depending on what part of the country you're in, uh, they, they're they still in their own fantasy world spiraling out of control. And Jarvis had a good point, so Jeff, you know, a, a good leader, you know, anybody, if you go out and save the Pope on Sunday and you're a big hero, anybody can stand behind you in front of the press conference and shake your hand and slap your back. A good leader is a guy that stands behind you shakes your hand and slaps your back when you have a controversial shooting or something that doesn't look pretty or is politically incorrect deemed by the media. When there's risk involved. When there's risk involved, absolutely. And when there's
2: risk
1: involved, you always find out who your friends are.
4: Exactly.
2: Brett?
1: Well, when it comes to leaders, I I will say this, that uh, in times past I've had the opportunity to work with Secret Service and actually get to meet presidents and vice presidents but I'll tell you right now that uh, if I worked that detail to help protect the president, I wouldn't want to meet Donald Trump. He's the only president I wouldn't even care to talk to talk to at all. Uh, there's just no no respect for him. Uh, I have a hundred times more respect for the previous president uh, because uh, he demanded it and he was presidential and he made decisions that I always didn't agree with. But uh, as far as cops goes, I. I don't know when it started, but it's like everybody has a bad attitude towards us. And they try to see us in the most negative light possible. Every now and then the news will show a cop kneeling down to talk to a child on the, you know, and, uh, in a neighborhood or visiting children in the hospital, but it's rare. You don't see all that much. All you see is what the news media puts out there, Of what we talked about last session, is you know, what can we catch the police doing now? And be outraged. I'm going to disagree
4: with you on one thing. Yeah, I, I think I'd a, a too. lot of the negativity started with our last pre- presidential administration when he started sticking his nose in a lot of local matters. Started sending attorney generals that already had an agenda to uh, deal with like, Ferguson's a great example. That that thing got spun out of control and sideways from the very beginning. In my personal opinion. I respect yours, but uh, my personal opinion is the problem went into hyper-overdrive with our last administration.
2: I would unequivocally agree with you, Dave, that the Trump administration has been exemplary in supporting both the military and the police officers. Uh, the types of grants that he's been affording local police uh, uh, departments has been a, a huge increase from the previous presidency. And furthermore, his speeches have, have been exemplary in complementing local police departments and trying to build a... A respect for the the blue line as it had been previous to our previous president uh, however segueing on the next topic
4: i gotta point one thing out mark this is an issue with our country what we just did there that's how mm-hmm. politics that's how we ought to all get along in this country i couldn't disagree with brett more and he couldn't disagree with me you and i more but uh, i'm not going to demonize and destroy him and say he's an idiot i'll say he's an idiot for other reasons like that stupid shirt he's wearing but uh, i'm not i'm, well, I'm going to respect his political opinion and i'm going to respect that and you have the right to say yeah, that and, 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 every, and we're still friends and that's how it ought to be and unfortunately in this country that's not how it is anymore as soon as somebody doesn't agree with you you got to go people go flying off the handle and flog them yep
2: yeah and the, and it's wrong and that's not what we should be about and it's not what our nation was founded on. Our founding fathers argued incessantly. Jefferson left Monticello on his horse and went down to Mickey's Tavern and argued and debated incessantly as he had a few grogs and then went back up to his house in Monticello. Adams and Jefferson fought all of their lives. And eventually, in the twilight of their years, found common ground in both religion and politics. It is interesting that our founding fathers in the Federalist Papers were able to debate the issues of the formation of this nation and still come to respect each other's positions as Federalists and as Jeffersonians, etc., and recognize that we are a government of law, not of men, and that we should be respecting the law which is your thin blue line which represents or ought to represent the best of America and it should not be picked apart by pettiness in the media which brings me in Cop Talk to uh, America to our next topic are cops being harmed by Hollywood depictions of law enforcement I believe they are I just saw a movie uh, By Spike Lee last night uh, that I never thought I'd see. And it was something or other. It it was something about the Ku Klux Klan. And I was very disturbed by it because it was so very hateful towards both our political structure and so very harmful in the way it was was projected. How do you gentlemen feel Hollywood has uh, influenced the way Americans view the police force. Uh, Jeff. Well,
0: <clears throat> one of the areas that I have a problem with, although I don't watch these shows, is like the Live Cop or Live PD or whatever they call it. I mean, I've been there where, and our my former department where news People would come along and they wanted to ride along because they were doing whatever it was called back in those days. And as soon as you put a camera in a car with a police officer, he acts different. And the depiction Hollywood does, we're either inept and can't find anything on our own, corrupt, and we're all dirty and we're always looking for the angle, or we're superheroes and we can go out and get into a gunfight And a fist fight and everything else and still get the hot chick to be with us and we don't have a mark on us and we feel absolutely nothing about it. Everything's just fine. So we're none of those things. We're just people doing a job. We wake up every day just like everybody else. We have a mortgage to pay. We have uh, motorcycles to get. Things like that. Important, Important things. But... If you sit there and you look at what Hollywood depicts... I I like when I'm watching a television show and I can tell them within a couple minutes. There's a show on now. I'm not going to name the name of it. But when the show first came out, they were all dirty cops. And they ended up killing an undercover cop that was there for IA and all the rest of the stuff. And now the show has morphed season after season. Now these dirty cops are good guys and... I'm like, all's forgiven. You killed a cop back in the beginning, and now everything's okay. And people are like, it's just a television show. And I'm like, the things we sit there and watch and just take in every day is how you make people change their minds. If you look at television now, it is nothing to see the most risque costumes, People using foul language that never would have been allowed back when I was a child. And my grandchildren are listening to this stuff. And I'm like, you can't turn a television on at any time of the day. And there isn't bad words going on. It's just ridiculous. And it's not just police, but they're portraying everything, but especially police, in a very bad light. We just look like either complete morons or, like I say, you're a superhero. Nothing harms you.
2: Nowadays, it is difficult to find an inspiring portrayal of police officers in many movies. Now, this is from the Blue Knights, but Lieutenant Dan Marco uh, stated this in February twenty-second, 2019. <laughs> uh, I'm inclined to agree with him, and he goes on to list the way police officers are portrayed by Hollywood in their movies. One, slap even beat confessions out of suspects. Has anyone done that? recently in the old days in my community that was done in the 1930s and the 1940s and the 1950s but the reality is that kind of behavior is not exampled by police officers
0: not since 1978 when i started
2: job never seen it
4: i've never seen it how old were you in 1930
2: mark i hadn't been born for 12 years but thank you for asking while lacking probable cause to arrest throat-locked submissive subjects as they graphically describe how the su- suspect will be sexually molested while they rot in prison for the crimes they are suspected of, which there is as of yet no proof. This is another thing that's been defect- depicted on television. Drive through a city in pursuit, crashing into innocent drivers without even pausing to see if they may have injured somebody. Use racist and hateful dialogue while engaged in oppressive and unjustifiable activities. Shoot suspects and then instead of rendering aid, inflict plain pain to their wounded limbs to elicit information. Now the fact is that Hollywood loves depicting these incidents which in fact try to convince the average citizen that they would even sit there and ask and, and try and encourage people to jump from ledges, not realizing some pe sometimes trying to talk people off a ledge, it's mo it's better to suggest that they jump. But my point is the public expects you to make split second decisions on life and death issues on a daily basis. And I'm not sure that it's fair, but I'm not sure that Hollywood cares whether it's fair they have a mantra and a depiction that they want to make and jarvis
3: no hollywood doesn't care all they care about is the bottom line and that bottom line as long as it's bringing in a good bottom line they don't worry about what's true what's fact what is reality because you know as you stated uh shooting someone and then doing something to the limb that was injured or something to get information out of it. Uh, guess who's going to prison then? The officer that did it. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just
0: like you have all these Hollywood people that are anti-gun. They come forward and they spend all this money and yell and scream and all that stuff, and then they go make a movie where they kill 57 people in the first five minutes with a gun.
2: Uh let's ask ourselves a question let's let's ask ourselves a question will police continue to protect and serve when each action they take is put under a magnifying glass to be scrutinized by courts and the public and negatively reported in the papers i don't know how police are going to remain neutral as this continues brett what do you think
1: well, I heard uh, <clears throat> I heard an officer say to me one time. Uh, he said, "I'm not going to go out tonight and get any bad guys or get involved in anything because I get paid the same whether I sit here or not." That's it, a true story. Oh, that's, that's I, a, No, I do a, believe it. You. you know, um, but I remember the show that Jeff was talking about, and not only did he this. Just Dirty Cop, The Killing of the Cop, stayed in the whole series, which was a very successful show of seven seasons. But they do it, so Hollywood put a spin on it. So you almost start liking the guy because he does a couple good things here, but, you know, all the bad stuff. So that's just Hollywood making money. Like Jarvis said, the bottom line, how much money can this actor bring in and, and so forth. It's all about the money, every bit of it.
4: Dave. What was the question?
2: Opinion on Hollywood and its uh, influence on
4: well, I don't individual uh,
2: public perception of police officers and their work
4: is absolutely, for the most part, 100 percent bogus. Um, I don't, I don't watch movies. I don't go to movies anymore. I just, I just don't. Uh, as far as television, whatever little uh, thing I might see on television, you have, uh, you know, in, in an hour we're going to wrap up. let we go ahead? Go ahead. Okay. In an hour, you're going to wrap up, uh, you know, NCIS is a good one. They'll go out, they'll get involved in something, they'll shoot 14 people in about five minutes, and then we'll go have a beer afterwards and talk about how great it was and and not even acknowledge the fact that you've just shot someone, where in reality we've had plenty of discussions on that. You go using deadly force and shooting someone, it's a rather big deal and can get twisted around pretty quick. So, like I say, when it comes to Hollywood, the best police show I think probably ever made and the one that I have most recently watched and will continue to watch is The Andy Griffith Show.
2: One of the things that really oh. has I wanted to bring up is we have young kids that spend 12, 14 hours a day on a video shooting up kids on the screen or other people on the screen with impervious indifference. Then we have people playing car games on the, on the TV or whatever they use, their screens, in which they jump in and out of the car lanes, crash constantly, and nobody ever gets hurt. They're engaged in these video games in which there's abject violence going on, and nobody ever gets hurt. Everybody gets to stand up and start again, replay. Real life isn't like that. And what bothers me is that I think we're becoming impervious to the harm that physical violence does in our media and in our Hollywood and the consequence can sometimes be adverse on policing and that bothers me. The next subject really quickly is going to be these are the subjects that we've talked about that police officers have to deal with on a daily basis. Some of them humorous, some of them not very humorous at all and they have to come home with those subjects. Seattle just recently offered a $15,000 hiring bonus to attract police officers. The incentive program was proposed just recently and saying Seattle needs to jump into this nationwide competition for experienced officers. Very quickly, I'm going to go around the table and ask each of you what you think of that, why it has to happen, why it has happened, and what your opinion of it is. Go ahead, Jeff.
0: It's unfortunate that we've come to a place where a city that size feels like it has to go out and actively recruit with an incentive to get people to apply. When I started the job, over 600 people applied for the list that I was on, and we had a total of 16 people get hired from that list. Now when we give a test, if we get 100 people, it would be unusual Because the job has become unattractive. The question you asked a little bit ago about if this continues to persist, will people give up? I'm already seeing people give up. I'm seeing uh, leadership pretty much telling their officers, quit being aggressive, don't do this, don't do that. And then they turn around out of the other side of their mouth and they're like, why aren't you guys out there stopping cars? Why aren't you writing tickets? Why aren't you making proactive arrests? Why aren't you doing this? It all comes down to leadership. If you don't lead them and you don't show them, all you do is talk, but you don't walk the walk, they're not going to do it. If you have to offer this kind of money to get somebody to say, yeah, I'll go there to work, uh, I'm not sure you're going to get the quality person because it's not about money. This is a calling.
2: Jarvis.
3: Well, as Jeff said, that's exactly the way it is. If a person is not everybody is set to do this job because i was a training officer and we'd get a ton of people come through that just did not have the mindset or the skills to do this job so you'd have to just point blank look at them and tell them which the leaders wouldn't do that they need to go find something else to do now this is where i think seattle will run into problems with, because when you get a person that's rejected from another department or let go for one reason or another, because they're offering a hiring bonus of $15,000, you may get a lot of people that will run out there. And now, to me, that means that they're not really looking to get the qualified officers that they need. They're looking to get bodies To fill a uniform. Fill
2: positions.
3: Right. And that, to me, is going to lower the standard, as he said, the quality of people that you're going to get. A simple example of that is,
0: and I believe maybe it was one of Jarvis's recruits, but you get a call of a man sleeping on the bar, okay, and the bar wants him removed. The officer shows up, gets out of the car, and starts walking across the street trying to look on the roof of the tavern because he thinks the guy is on top of the building sleeping. And I'm like, he did what? But then when you take that and you try to talk to this guy, he you just tell, it's bouncing off. And you're yeah. like, what am I supposed to do with this? But back in the day when I started, that's addressed. I mean, you have a training program, it lasts X number of weeks. And if you don't make it in week one and two, you weren't there for week three. Now you might be there for, if the program's actually probably uh, 16 weeks, we'll say. You could easily do 32, 48 weeks, and they're still going to just keep. Well, there's progress, so keep trying with them. And you're just like, yeah, I I don't know what you want me to do. There's no magic I can do here. It is what it is. And then you'll have people that will be very good candidates, We won't look at them because eh, they're probably too aggressive. Or they were in the military and they might, you know, have posters. You're very sensitive to this. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is truly
2: ridiculous what we are doing. You do have the name of of politics. Just because you're aggressive doesn't mean you're not sensitive, right, Jeff? No, I'm not overly
0: aggressive anymore. I'm mellow. Okay. I'm old.
2: Dave, take it away.
4: Well, first off, it's Seattle, and uh, it's, it's <laughs> you know, who wants to be the police in Seattle? I mean, it's, by understanding, pretty liberal, pretty. Uh, most of the
2: San Francisco police officers, probably.
4: Yeah. So, you know, you're going into environment there as as the police, knowing that you're going to be under a microscope probably more, if if not the most, of about anywhere in the country. Who the hell wants to do that? I don't. And also, you're going to, like Jeff had a good point, if you want to be the police, yeah, you got to have a livable wage and you want to be able to make some money, but it's a calling. And it's not for everybody. And for the people it's for, a $15,000 signing bonus isn't going to amount to a hill of beans if you're going to take a job or not. But for some buffoon somewhere that's just looking to make some money, that's what they're going to probably get. And maybe that's what they want. 'Cause you can control their mind a lot easier. You can control them a lot more. You get a bunch of type B personality uh non non type A alpha meat eating dogs, you know, your type B personality poodles are a lot easier to control than than a bunch of uh you know, than, than a pack of wolves. And to be honest, that's probably what they want in Seattle.
1: Brett. Uh agree with uh,
4: Jarvis and
1: and Jeff about It's probably going to draw the wrong type of clientele than we really need out there in Seattle. Uh, In my excitement of telling everyone about my job, I had somebody say, "How much? How much do you start at?" And I said, "You know, I I don't know. I really didn't know because I didn't care. I wanted to come and do this job in this city. Didn't matter what the pay was, you know. Uh, So you're good for the job or you're not. And I think I was good for the job." uh but even our even some worthless cops think they're good for the job so it's always a matter of opinion
4: yeah i'll throw in there when i first started for several years i'd sign up for overtime because i loved it mm-hmm. it was fun oh yeah i get paid too that's, that's awesome i get paid time and a half that's even better but i do it for free i couldn't tell you how many times
2: would you do it for free now
4: no but I couldn't tell you how many times, and that, like I said earlier, it went on for the majority of the time I was here, and you would get into some really good calls and feel like you really did something. And, and I've said a million times, man, I, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this stuff. You know, you would do it for free.
0: Yeah, I broke my gun hand in my first year on the job. Guy grabbed my pistol, and he had a hold of it, so I just switched it over with my left hand and punched him with my right and broke my knuckles. So I couldn't work, they said, because I had a – couldn't use my gun hand so i did two things i started going to the range and practicing to shoot left handed and i rode every night for free because i could not possibly miss what was going on mm-hmm. you know and that was i was like that for four weeks just riding in the car and the guys would look at and everybody understood it back then i mean when you showed up nobody sat there and said you're an idiot they were looking right. at you like yeah that's what they expected you didn't call in sick. You, If you called in sick, you best be really close to dead.
4: Right. And it, you brought it up earlier, the, the younger guys we see today, they don't have that. No. Nope. You know, I was here 10 years and still 15 maybe still felt the same way. I mean, I loved it. It, it, it was awesome. And uh, you got guys with, with a year and a half on the job now walking around acting like they're pissed off at the world. It's just it's sad to see it. It really is yeah. sad to see it.
0: How come I'm not on day shift weekends off? Right.
4: And, and no no ambition or gumption. Not that they're lazy, but uh, they're just, they just don't see any incentive in being proactive. They're going to go sit in a parking lot for eight hours. So I'm, going to have to,
2: I'm going to have to bring this to a close on Top Cop Talk America. Uh, you, the listeners, have had a chance to listen to police officers talk about not only their daily lives as police officers, but what it's like in retirement and also what it was like as to when they came home to their families. Uh, The intent here has been to bring you into the lives of these men who are the thin blue line of Americans to protect and serve. And I hope that you'll join us again for coptalkamerica.com and uh, learn just how your country is defended.